Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Unfeatured Articles, the name that rings a bell. Hello everybody and welcome to Unfeatured Articles. My name is Lachlan Hoy and I am joined as always by... Curtis Lang. And... James Keogh. And look who we bloody have yet again. It's me, Grace Shadell. She's back, back. baby. Back, 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 back. Can't get rid of me. First guest who's done three episodes back to back. In a row. What can I say? I'm just here to work hard and get them... Put your hours in. You're our intern. You're going to get your hours (laughs) up. We're all interns. We're all interns. None of us get paid. Yeah. I'm here for college credit. Yeah. (laughs) The last two guests we had on for for three episodes back to back were Lachlan and Drew. And now they just live here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is actually my job interview. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Well, Welcome to Unfeatured Articles. Yeah, this is, this is the show. This is. Yeah, this is a show where every week we dive into the weirdest, wackiest, and wonderful that Wikipedia has to offer. Mm. Um, but before we do that, before we do that, we're gonna go to the orphanage. We're gonna go to the orphanage. So this is a quick little game we play where we um, there's a whole big list of articles on Wikipedia that are not linked, referenced, or anything in any other article on Wikipedia. So they've They're just orphans. got their own freaking list. They're orphans. They're orphans. And we're gonna adopt one and then immediately forget about them. Grace, give me a number. The baby boy. I'd like to adopt today is 83. Ooh. Okie dokie. Lachlan, give me a number. Bloody two. Snake eyes. Two. Okay. And uh, Curtis. Now, see, when Grace said the baby boy I'd like to adopt today Mm. is blank, it was, it was like, it was classic Grace. Very cute. Yeah. Whereas if I said, Baby girl, I'd like to adopt her. <laughs> yeah, look, it's not good. Doesn't it? yeah. sit. It's not good. It's just something well. that registered in my head. It'd be like it's the tone. Yeah. It's the yeah. tone. It's no, just not baby girl, I'd like to. Still, not uh-huh. good. Yeah. Um, look, but regardless, let's go. Two thousand and one, a space odyssey. Ooh. Ooh, I haven't seen that yet. You haven't seen two thousand one? It's good. No, I stopped. I didn't watch it out of protest because too many film students talked about it. Yeah, oh, I see. And very rarely are any of their recommendations as good as they say they are. <laughs> oh, what a fucking like, oh, wow. What a hot take to recommend 2001 A yeah. Space Odyssey. This niche little film that we probably not even heard of. Okay. I've basically seen it through references in other movies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Grace, you've chosen another surname. My baby boy. Uh, Bill Brew. Yeah. Bill Brew is a surname. Notable people with this surname include AC Bill Brew, who was an American poet, musician, composer, playwright, club woman. Sorry, ACDC? AC Bill Brew. Okay. Gene uh, Bill Brew, an African American poet, musician, composer, playwright, club woman, and radio personality. Kitty Jean B. Brew, Bill Brew, or <laughs> Kitty White, who is an American jazz singer. Bill Brew. Lachlan. Yes. A poet's fate. Is a 1959 Soviet drama film directed by a Russian man. It's also how the cards said I'd die. You fucking commie. 
<laughs> you big commie. Uh, it's a Soviet film uh, in the language of Russian. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. They tended to be. They just tended to be. It's a Soviet film in Italian. Yeah. Um, and uh, Curtis, Pazos in Pontevedra and Terra de Montes. Uh, Pazos are big country houses that were built in the 16th century by the richest families of that time. Most of them are found in Galicia, Spain. Normally, each family owns several houses to hold host their relatives. So basically, uh, they're big houses that rich people had for their families. They're doing fine then. Let's choose That's between right. those yeah, two. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. We, yeah. we don't yeah. need to support them. No, yeah. eat the rich. Um, the argument that I would say for mine would be, it sounds like the name that a hobbit would have. It does. And the argument I would say for mine is that I've forgotten what mine it was. was. A st- it was a, a Soviet film, mate. Fate. Poet's fate. You're a communist. Oh, a poet's fate. Uh, yeah, I like communism, and that's it. That's true. I'm looking at the list of people named Bilbrew. I'm going to go with Bilbrew. That's fair. Yep. Can we feed that many people? Three? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, that Bill Brew was added to the list, and now, uh, without further ado, we can get into these articles. Uh, Grace yeah, is going to be our judge mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And Lachlan. You're going to start us off. Start us off. off. Okay, so um, the thing I brought today is uh, called the Rhino Gradedench. Rhino Gradedench. <laughs> Learn to speak, um, dickhead. Okay. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, the Rhinogradentia is a fictitious order of mammals invented by German zoologist Gerolf Steiner. Uh-huh. Um, it was uh, originally written about in his book uh, called, translated into English, called The Snouters, Form and Life of the Rhinograids, which was, he wrote in uh, 1957. Uh, it was translated to English in 1967. Um, so basically, uh, the gist of it is that um, Gerald Steiner, uh-huh. posing as zoologist, zoologist Harold Stumpke, uh-huh. uh, created wrote this book. It's this really like dry and detailed account mm. of this like species of uh, mammals um, that lived in on an island called Hiiyi. Which was um, part of a, an archipelago in the um, supposedly part of an archipelago in the Pacific Islands. Sure. Um, and so it was, written, it was really dry, really scholarly. It was written like a piece of zoological actual writing. Sure. Um, so uh, the combination of his like expert voice because he was a zoologist in his own right, like yeah. in his own life. Um, so he had like this really like formal and academic way of writing. Um, Steiner actually credits himself as the illustrator of the book oh. and says that essentially um, because all uh, because um, Stumpke's copies were lost, uh, that the only reason he was able to publish it was because they were sent to him to supposedly illustrate. illustrate. But of course he wrote all of it. Right. In fact, the whole account is made up by him. So yeah. the, the gist of it is um, he basically said that this series of islands existed. It was first discovered by a Swedish explorer who arrived there in 1941, completely by chance, uh, supposedly escaping a Japanese POW camp, mm. um, and found this like archipelago of these 18 islands with these like distinct fauna and flora. Um, but there was one dominant species, the only other species of mammal on the islands other than humans, um, which was the order of the Rhinogradentia. Um, which were essentially, they were, the main characteristic of them is this like large nose that kind of like sticks out 
the front of their face, uh-huh. um, which sort of varied. It would supposedly did different things depending on the species. Um, huh. Because the the idea was that being separate on all these different islands, they evolved like vastly differently over like millions the of years. Finches. Yeah, like the finches, except fake. <laughs> except not real. Um, so apparently some of them used it like to get around, like some of them would use it to, as like a spring to jump on. Some mm. of them would use it to catch food. Um, uh, there was one that apparently, uh, called the, uh, that would use, oh, I don't know what their names, I can't pronounce their names. Um, but would use its ears to like fly, flapping them like backwards. Do a dumbo. And then, <laughs> and then would use its nose as a rudder to steer <laughs> itself in the water. Good. Um, and so basically, so the, so he wrote this book. And said that, so this uh, Swedish explorer found it um, and told, uh, basically kind of took this knowledge back after the war um, and people from all over the world started exploring and researching these places. Um, However, in the 1950s, according to the book, uh, nuclear weapons testing by the United States military actually sunk the entire archipelago, um, which uh, destroyed... Uh, which destroyed not only the all of the islands and their unique animals, mm. but also killed all of the researchers who happened to be on the islands at, uh, at a conference at the time. Oh, no. Um, which meant that uh, including, I believe, Stumpke is the idea. So kind of the epilogue of the book talks about how um, everything was lost uh-huh. and Steiner just happened to have the last record of this thing because sure. he, he just happened to be drawing. Yeah, it. yeah. I can't believe the American government just killed a bunch of researchers. Yeah, wow. How dare they? I absolutely can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, so it kind of it's had a it's had a pretty big legacy. It's one of the like best known kind of scientific hoaxes um, of all time. Um, mm. In fact, there are, there are actually several people who have written about it, supposedly not realizing that it was fictionalized. Oh. Um, there was uh, Wolf Ankle, uh, an author, wrote. <laughs> Uh, that they are one, that they were not a poetic invention, but had really lived. Um, so wait, he knew that people believed they were false. He was like, but no, they're not a poetic invention. I have seen these guys. Or yeah, apparently I- this author for some reason came out and was like, no, they actually did exist. Um, Even though we know, yeah, the full story, which is that it was created and, and is absolutely not real. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Uh, there was a zoologist by the name of Lawler who um, had who released this textbook um, that was really popular, like really widely dispersed, that had a whole entry about the Ranagredentia that never mentioned that they were fake. Oh. Just had a whole thing about <laughs> put them. Put it in there. Just put it in there. Uh, the Natural History ran an article about it and then the New York Times ran an article about the Natural History oh, article, nice. not realising again that it was fake. Yeah. Um, neither publications ever acknowledged that they were fake, um, mm. especially Natural History, which apparently, according to this, had like uh, almost never made like non-serious things. Yeah. So it, either, they, either it's a completely out-of-character prank or they just didn't realise that it was fake. Mm. I can't believe this is an example where you can like plot the perfect timeline of like the creation of a cryptid right <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty much <laughs> uh so there, there have been a few people that have kind of uh come up with like similar ho- hoaxes that kind of pay homage mm. pay paying homage 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 it can be pronounced either way i believe um homage homage, homage. so homage? like homage homage <laughs> As, a, as an April Fool's prank, for instance, then... That's that kind of chicken I get at sushi places, right? That's Hamaga chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crispy. Yeah. 
Um, the natural museum, the National Museum of Natural History in France, had like a two-week exhibition huh. about um, kind of a fake, like offshoot, like a yeah. spin-off of these that had like a drill nose. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's just been like it's Oof. just this like really well-known scientific hoax, and a lot of people seem to not realize that it was completely fictionalized. That's all so of the history, all of the documents, all of the accounts, everything was made up, made up. by Steiner for his book. Huh? What's it called again? Uh, the book was called Curiosities. And what's the, the creature called? Uh, ri- the Rhinogradentia is the order. Yeah. Um, the book calls them is called uh, The Snouters, Form and Life of the Rhinograds. The Snouters. Interesting. Huh. Mr. Kehoe. Yes. All right. So, set your mind back. It's 2008. Mm-hmm. How's the economy doing? Is this how we're feeling in 2008? We're this rocking? This is traditionally what I heard in 2008. This is true. This is pretty true to my experience. However, tonally, wait, okay. Can we do the music off and then we'll find the part where the music will kick up? Can I cue you for that music? Fine. I'm sorry, I'm asking a lot of you. I'm going to cue you up for that music. Here I'm we not go. good with technology. Here we go. It's 2008, right? How's the economy doing? Not great. I'm, I'm pretty excited, guys. I think I'm going to invest in real estate. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is a good safe. time for it, right? That's what I'm my dad like, did, and then we lost all our money. I'm oh, like woof. Eight. I don't really care <laughs> no, about No, it's not. I'm kidding. Hmm? You don't care about the economy? I'm like eight in 2008. This is I'm, true. I'm like you personally baby. would not. You're okay. eight? You I were born in 2000? No. 99? Look, I just. We'll figure out the maths later. Look, I did maths A. Okay. I did too. I'm an art student. Yeah. I'm a graduated art student. Oh, no. Yeah, I paid for that piece of... Anyway, Jess. I was actually eight, and I will just say I had a vast real estate portfolio. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't need to tell you about the Great Recession. Oh, absolutely not. I wouldn't have had to... He was there with his stocks. He was doing coke off his trippers. Yeah, yeah. Some say it's my fault. Please continue, though, James. I won't step on your article. Great Recession (laughs) is happening. Everyone is very unhappy, generally. Only one thing's going to fix this. It's the Subway $5 foot long promotion. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, the far Subway $5 foot long promotion is a promotion by the fast food company chain Subway, which was launched in the US in 2008 by offering foot long 30 centimeter submarine sandwiches for US $5, equivalent to $5.82 in 2018. Coinciding with the Great Recession, the promotion was very successful for the chain, spurring competitors to make similar moves to cut prices to attract customers. Now, let's talk about the history of the Subway $5 footlong promotion. Yeah, baby, let's do it. Please, let's. I'm so excited. It's weekend at Bernie's. It's 2004. weekend at Subby's. Stuart Frankel, an owner of two Subway franchises inside Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami, Florida, Two in the same hospital? Two in the same hospital. Two which in I'm the just, building. As I realize, as I read that, is buck wild. Yeah. Noticed that sales were slower at his stores on the weekends. In order to help boost sales, Frankel decided to lower the prices on the footlong subs for the weekends only. A fan of round numbers, Frankel decided to make every footlong sub $5 each. I'm so glad. I've always had a theory that anyone that has anything for 5 or $10 just thought that it would sound nice. Right. So yeah. I'm glad that at least someone did actually do that. It's, it's, just, it's like setting the volume on your TV to an even number. It's got to it be just, an even number. It yeah. feels yeah. right. I love the stipulation that he was a fan of round numbers. Uh, at the time, Subway had various prices for its subs. After making the change, sales began to increase. 
Two local Palm Beach and Broward County franchisees took notice and started to implement the $5 footlong subs in 50 of their stores, also noticing sales increases. Around the same time, the U.S. housing bubble was about to burst, which hit Florida especially hard. Mm. Unlike many such promotions, the Subway franchises didn't see a decline in profit margins, nor did they sell each sub at a loss. So... The Great Recession is happening, and Subway's just, just like... Just doing fucking great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Subway's I'm just fine. fucking great. They built I might, houses. I might hire a pedo. Yeah, I'm just going to... Oh, wait, hold on. Well, I they hired him in 2000. Doing a Jared... Is that... Was that before this, was it? Yeah. Let me, wow, they came back. I, Let me get to that. They, <laughs> they built their houses That was after sandwiches. this. Oh, good. Because meanwhile... Yeah, it's funny you mentioned. Should start bloody saying investments are safe as subways. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid joke. Meanwhile, subway yeah. executives at the company's headquarters in Milford, Connecticut, were getting tired of the company's longtime ads featuring Jared Fogel. Mm. They were just getting a bit tired of him. At that point, at that point in time, they were just getting a bit tired of him. So them. when was this? This was before a lot of things happened. Okay. But it's, I well, mean, like... Jared Fogel, I believe, was associated with Subway until 2015. Is that so? Because uh, allegations came out a lot before that. Some, if I'm not, if I'm if not some preliminary Googling I did earlier can be believed, then yes. Well, can I see a picture? they were getting... Uh, by 2008, they were already getting tired of him. I mean, yeah, 19th, 2015, he agreed to plead guilty in federal court. Oh, that's when that happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was when they officially ended their association. Sure. Well, of, uh, that's when you have to, right? <laughs> Yes, when they at that point, guilty, it's you're just like, kind of like, nah. cut, cut the rope. And wanted something to compete with the various value menus at McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, and Taco Bell. Although several stores were skeptical of offering $5 footlongs, even though it saved the Florida stores from the Great Recession, stores in Chicago and Washington, D.C. followed in the Miami store's footsteps and saw instant sales increases. Some stores in blue-collar neighborhoods, notably East Cleveland, Ohio, were seen offering steeper discounts at the height of the promotion, such as, get this, $5 footlong combos. Whoa. Uh, sub plus chips or a cookie and a drink. Oh, my God. For five bucks. I would eat at Jeez. Subway like every day. I'd never not eat at Subway. In like a blue collar neighborhood too? Yeah. Yeah, man. Notably like, East Cleveland. Guys, I think higher. advertising might be getting me. I really want to go get Subway. Yeah. Sales shut up immediately for the company. I'm hungry. To go with the promotion. It's almost as if when you make food that people can afford, they'll, they'll buy, buy it. it. Wow. To go with the promotion. Well, it's either that or the classic $5 foot long song. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't want to step <laughs> yeah, on the toes of the $5 right, yeah, foot yeah, long yeah. song. It could, yeah. Are you going to sing it? Am perhaps? I going to sing it? I, I don't know it off, off the top of my dome. Um, I can try and get it up. Let's see if I can get it up. And uh, and then and then I'll listen to it and then I'll sing it back. Okay, that sounds like a good. That idea. That sounds like a good idea. We'll get a cover. So it's loading up the web page that contains uh, the five dollar foot long song. Wait, yeah, make sure that that's not caught on the mic though. No, it was. Because I be. feel like we'd get in a lot of trouble for just playing a subway playing, ad. Yeah. Can you play a subway? Can you play? Can you get sued for playing an ad? For playing an ad? I'm, yes, I'm endorsing them. Yes, but it's advertising, Curtis. Uh. Was okay. Here's the thing. We're not doing it. Created by Jimmy <laughs> Harnett flat out. We're not doing it. Of the New York-based jingle fa- firm Tone Farm. I, don't, I wonder what they made. Other jingles, I bet. 
Because <laughs> no, I just I, don't have information on Tone Farm, I'm afraid. No, I think they toned farms. Oh, they probably just got really toned and went to a yeah, farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was their only jingle. Yeah. <laughs> they don't make jingles. <laughs> um, this, the page that opened up for the jingle was just a very general page for a company called MMB. Uh, so that's no luck. And Tone Farm doesn't even have a Wikipedia article. What is this? That's disappointing because I was hoping to do that if yeah. I was ever Toad allowed farm, to come yeah. back here. Uh, which was deliberately designed to be campy and has spawned a life of its own, including singing contests as an internet meme. So, guys, it this song became an internet meme, which is something when? we could only ever hope to do. When was this Subway challenge? Uh, probably sometime around 2008, I'd imagine. I can't believe I missed that bubble. I, I could have got so many views on YouTube. It would have, but if it would have. The $4.99 foot-long menu... Launched what? in 2018 with five subs, which were also featured in the previous $5 footlong campaign. Now, the lawsuit that happened about the $5 footlong sub campaign uh, is that Toho, the owners of uh, Godzilla, sued over infringement of use of a giant lizard stomping over a city resembling Godzilla too much. Oh, my God. However... I, there is literally that one sentence of information about that. That's it? That is it. That's all you need to know. So here's the thing. There are... What happened? I don't know. My guess is that some person went in here and wrote this sentence. There are two spelling mistakes in that sentence. Uh, I looked up the source for it. And even the source is like, Tohu sues Subway over unauthorized Godzilla ads. And then at the bottom of the article, it's like, a Subway spokesman. Didn't return. Didn't return a call to his office, and like it's like one paragraph to just being like, Subway never asked for Toho's permission, uh, and Toho was asking for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We don't know what happened. Godzilla oh ate God. them before they could report. Godzilla on. ate them. Yeah. Now, over time, many five dollar foot long subs have come in and out of existence. At the moment, you can get in Canada, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Black Forest ham, five bucks. Meatball marinara, you can get in Canada and the US. You can't get it in the UK. Spicy Italian, you can get Classic. in the UK and the US, but you can't get it in Canada. The Veggie Delight, that's everywhere, baby. <laughs> Getting the squad together, going in hey some way for a Veggie Delight. <laughs> I Five just want to let everyone know it's 10 to 1 in the morning. Oh, oh yes. God. All right. Uh, <laughs> we're all we're all a little fucked right now. I'm gonna just there's yeah, a good. lot there's a, a fascinatingly lot more about this, but I phased out because I went on a deep dive of Jared Fogel, man, and Oof. it's upsetting. I don't know about that. That's that's a bad that's bad juju. That's bad reading. In Australian stores, a similar campaign runs for its cheapest subs at seven dollars instead of five. This is the same pricing as in New Zealand stores. Why do we get the bad prices? Because, uh, because seven dollars is basically the equivalent of five dollars. Because we keep sending people to Nauru. That's <laughs> that's yeah, that's we, it. That's true. That yeah, Subway we deserve knows. we deserve every misfortune that comes upon us. Oi! In India, Subway ran a similar value <laughs> campaign called Sub of the Day. Each day of the week had a different Sub of the Day, and that six inch is six okay six inch Subway sub yeah. sandwich. So it's not a full on, but that's eighty. Uh, of the Indian currency, which I don't know the... Rupees. Rupee. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's convincing. I figured it out. 
because I was like Zelda. Um, <laughs> 80 rupees. Famously, India is just Hyrule. Yeah, of course. Which uh, is the equivalent of US $1.20. Whoa. Yeah, for a six-inch sub. Fuck me. For the sub of the day. That's way fucking better than James, $5 foot long. We're going to sub. We're going to Subway. We're going to Subway after this. Can I just be honest with you? Yo. Like, I'm taking you to home. We're going to Subway. Okay. <laughs> can um, we, can we go to India? Yeah, it's got to be Indian Subway. That's where on. the $1.20. I left uh, my wallet in my car. I'll plug that into Google I'll Maps. I'll get you Subway. I'll check the detail. I'll like transfer India you the money. Into okay, Google so I will transfer you any amount of money at this point. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hungry. All right. There is so much more. There's effect on the competition. Oh, there's. Okay. Can I. Do the one about Burger King. All I know right. we're going over time. I know we're going over you've time. Got, you've got two minutes. Go. Okay. So this is the impact on the competition that the $5 foot long sub promotion had. Uh-huh. So several competitors ended up following Subway's success with the $5 foot longs, including Pizza Hut, Arby's, KFC, um, Burger King. Sorry. While Subway allowed the $5 foot longs to remain franchise optional, Burger King took the opposite route, requiring all locations in 2009, both franchised and corporate owned and operated, to sell the double cheeseburger for $1. The move led to over 80% of their franchisees suing the parent chain. Oh, wow. (laughs) Claiming that they were losing money on the items selling for $1 and that Burger King couldn't dictate maximum prices. Although Burger King later won the lawsuit, it raised the price of its double cheeseburger to $1.19. Oh, well, that makes all the difference. In response to the lawsuit. Honestly, for the Burger King burgers they're making, that probably would make all the difference. The 19 cents? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In terms of profit margins, it probably would. Sure. At that point, though, it just seems petty. They're like, oh, you don't like a dollar? A dollar 19. Yeah. (laughs) Take your pennies and leave 80% of our franchise who hate us. That's crazy. Can I do my... Please do. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to talk about Hezzy Levinson Taft. Hezzy Levinson Taft. Yeah. Hezzy Levinson Taft is a woman born in Berlin. She was featured as an infant in Nazi propaganda after her photo won a contest to find the most beautiful Aryan baby in 1935. Oof. Poor girl. She was Jewish. Oh, wow. You hate to see it. No, you love to see it. Oh. She was Jewish and they didn't oh, fucking realise. Oh, she was realize. the poster child of she the Nazis? Okay. Oh, so she was German child that they used for their propaganda. Sorry, she, she was voted Jewish. The most the, she was Aryan the, the baby? The most beautiful Aryan baby and she was Jewish. Oh, my God. That's very good, actually. Amazing. Imagine being that stupid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, well. So, Hesse Levinson Taft is a woman born to Jewish parents in Berlin. She was featured as an infant in Nazi propaganda after her photo won a contest to find the most beautiful Aryan baby in 1935. Taft's image became one of the most subversive of the 20th century, which when it was subsequently distributed widely by the Nazi party in a variety of materials, such as magazines and postcards, to, pr- to promote Aryanism. Taft's parents, Jacob and Pauline, were unaware of their photo of their photographer's decision to enter the photograph into a contest until learning that the photo of their daughter had been selected by the Nazi propaganda <laughs> minister Joseph Goebbels as the winner. Oh yeah, personally by Goebbels. By Goebbels. By arguably as awful a man as Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Joseph Goebbels. Fearing that the Nazis would discover that their family was Jewish, fair. Yes. Mm. Like the photograph I'll get to the photograph on why he did it later, but like he 
kind of did put this family in massive danger. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Um, like, we discovered that the family was Jewish. Taft's mother informed the photographer that they were Jewish. The photographer told her mother, Pauline, that he knew that they were Jewish and oh. deliberately entered Taft's photograph into the contest because he wanted to make the Nazis ridiculous. Oh. I mean, but, like, you could get someone killed. Yeah, also, In July yeah. 2014, Taft told the German-language newspaper, newspaper uh, Bild that I can laugh about it now. That if the Nazis had known who I really was, I wouldn't be alive. Yeah. When, sorry, when was this? Uh, she did it in 20, she talked about it in 2014. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, in 19, uh, later life, in 1938, Jacob Levison was briefly arrested by the SS. In the same year, his family emigrated to France and settled in Paris, then later moved to Cuba and from there to the United States in 1949. Mm. Uh, she studied chemistry at the Julian Richmond High School in New York and majored in chemistry at Bernard College. Uh, graduated in 1955 as a graduate student in chemistry. Uh, she met her husband, mathematics instructor Earl Taft. She and her husband joined uh, the facility at Rutgers University in New Jersey, but she left academia to raise a family, later working on the AP chemistry exam for the educational testing service. After 30 years at the educational testing service, she returned to New York as a chemistry professor at St. John's University in 2000. Her research in this later period of her life focused on water sustainability. She retired in 2016. So she just had a fucking sick life. I'm so glad this is a happy story because the second you started speaking, I was like, is she okay? Yeah. Yeah, But she just went on on to be like a fucking sick chemist. Yeah. She's fine. I'll put a photo. I'll put this because there's a photo of the photo. Yeah. In the Wikipedia article. She's a cute baby. Yeah. Like it's a good photo. (laughs) She's serving looks. Yeah. (laughs) That's my article. That's very good. I'm done. I like, I like it. it. I just wanted I to be to like, hook. yeah, fuck Nazis. Fuck Nazis. Great. If you're a Nazi, fuck you. Yeah. Hot take. Um. Anyway. I mean, in 2019. <laughs> it's not that hot. Lukewarm. Lukewarm take. Um, Grace. No, I'm saying it is a hot take because the world's a nightmare. Hot. Oh, I get yeah. what you mean. Yeah. yeah. A hot take that shouldn't be as hot as it is. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. That's what we want. Um, a, a, a take that you sip and go, oof, boy, that's hot. It's mm. like, you know how they say you don't microwave uh, water to boil it because you can accidentally like turn it all into steam and yeah. like, get third degree burns on your face? Yeah. yeah. It's like that. It's like that. It's like it got super hot and it's like, whoa, this shouldn't be this hot. Sure. It's a take that you thought would have cooled down by now. Right. But for some mm. reason, even it just, though it's... you've left it on the bench for so long. For about three still... and a half years now. Yeah. Yes, well, yes. arguably for about for eighty about, years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Since the forties, but it's still it's still fresh still and hot. Pretty hot, apparently. It's a hot take. Uh, Grace, what were your topics again? Let's go over them. The fictional mammalian order of the Rhinogradentia, the weird mammals with funny noses. A five dollar foot long subway promotion. My <laughs> extremely short article about Hesse Levinson Taft. I'm gonna go with. The subway. The Ooh, subway. Eat fresh. Subway. In eat about fresh. twenty minutes, I intend to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're all going to go get subway. Well, now. Yeah, we definitely. are. Uh, that's, that's James. You coming, big dog? Yeah. I'll come yeah on. Fuck yeah. Um, Hashtag non-spawn. non-spawn. Hashtag non-spawn. Hashtag non-spawn. But if you wanna, if you wanna, hey subway, hey subway, hit us up. We You've got th- we got thirteen hundred listeners. I was I was literally just about to say I'll be the new Jared Fogel, wow. <laughs> and I don't think that those are words no, no, I no. want to say yeah. out loud. Well, no, no. Look, let's just yet, leave- here we are. <laughs> let's just leave it at Subway has had worse spokespeople in the past. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Better. Give us a shot. Let's, let's just, yeah, the bar is Velo, James. Mm. You would be much better than Jared Fogel. Thank you. I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Unfeatured Articles. 
Sorry. Um, no, this was a good one. No, this actually. is a good app. I'm not apologizing um, for this one. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, uh, I have been Curtis Lang. I'm your dad. I'm Grace. Find uh, me on Instagram. I'm James Kehoe. Oh, no, hang on. Yeah, fuck. I started the wrap up too soon. Follow Grace Chanel on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, do that. Uh, at Nanny Anarchist. And yeah, she's got some cool art. Um, She's done me a poster recently and it's fucking sick. Arguably one of the best artists of our generation. Cut. Just going to say it right now. Curtis is single-handedly funding my chocky, my hot chalky milk addiction. Yeah, <laughs> good, good. It's true. I have I have paid for a number of posters. Yeah. <laughs> That's Goodens. Yep, Goodens too. I'm James Keogh. And till next time, ladies and everybody, browse responsibly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.